1: left. Need a quick shot. Edwards, three-pointer. No good. Run down by Tajay Moore. Three is no good. And Gillespie secures, and that's going to do it. The Villanova Wildcats are headed to the final
2: four. And so it was yesterday evening as Jay Wright and the lads advance, beating Houston gritty game uh good morning everybody i'm glenn Mack. Now he is ray dinger ray how are you on this brisk sunday morning
3: oh, i'm just fine good
2: uh ray we're gonna start the show today with five questions for ray but mm. there's a hook oh it is ray fill in the blank
3: oh i no multiple choice no. I never liked to fill-in-the-blanks. I was a multiple-choice kind of guy. Actually, I was an essay question kind of guy. Oh, I have no doubt. You're I preferred essay the essay question. question. Fill-in-the-blank always scared me. Yeah,
2: well, that was the precursor to years and years of you filling up yellow legal pads. Yes. That was yes. the origin story of Ray Ditch.
3: And I'm surrounded
2: by them <laughs> even, even as we speak. Oh, we'll we'll have the opportunity to dip into those a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of those cover the NCAA tournament. But I want to start with this. Ray, If we if we... If we keep – let's say let's keep this within the last 50 years. All right? So no no Greasy Neal, no Connie Mack. Um, okay. I want you to complete the sentence. Jay Wright is the best Philadelphia area coach since?
3: Um, last 50 years, right?
2: That's exactly right.
3: Mm. <laughs> well, um, just under the wire, um, I'm going to say Fred Shero.
2: So that's what I, I i said he's the best since fred shiro i had uh, some people blow back at me last night saying oh it's much easier to win in the nhl than it is in college basketball i i, I don't know about that but uh people who don't remember fred shiro why don't you explain to him why you would say fred shiro
3: oh uh, well he took over um uh, the philadelphia flyers who were little more than an expansion team really uh, they had only with their seventh year of existence Uh, And Fred Scherer was a guy that had never coached in the NHL, and Flyers hired him. Everybody said, who's this guy? Uh, And he came in and uh, took a -a ragamuffin kind of team and won back-to-back Stanley Cups, uh, including beating a great, great Boston team with Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito, then repeated the next year when everybody was trying to knock him off and won another cup. And then the following year, even though they didn't win the Cup, they went to the finals against Montreal and in the middle of the season beat the best team in the world, which were the Soviets. And a lot of it, you know, and really a lot of it you can trace back to Freddie as a coach. I mean, he was, Mm -hmm. in terms of his coaching strategy and his ability to scout games and prepare his team, was way, way ahead of the other coaches of his era.
2: Okay, nicely said. Here's what I think we can agree on. Jay Wright is the best coach in men's college basketball today.
3: No argument here.
2: Okay, I want to read you something. This was written by Brendan Quinn in the Athletic, and I read it for two reasons. First of all, it's an excellent paragraph. I'm about to read. Second of all, Brendan Quinn of the Athletic was a was a student in my journalism class at Saint Joe's University about 15 years ago. So I take pride in his. Career. Well,
3: you obviously taught him well.
2: I well, he, he's good. Let's put it that way. Here's what he wrote. He wrote this Villanova team. The one that was seven and four in December, after getting blown off the court in back-to-back games against Baylor and Creighton, the one that only goes six deep, the one that doesn't have any players projected to be selected in this year's NBA draft, the one that doesn't have a rotation player who was rated as a five-star recruit or is over six foot eight. This team is about to outwork, outplay, outgrit Houston. The suppose he wrote it during the middle of the game, by the way. The supposed toughest team in the sport for forty minutes and win fifty to forty four to punch a return ticket to the final four, one that few saw coming. As mm-hmm. said. That's very good.
3: Uh and it's I well people, it's well written and it's also very much on point.
2: Yeah. It is and and the thing is, Nova is winning Nova won last night, by the way. They went fifteen for fifty two from the field mm-hmm. with six assists all night. Uh and they're going back because Jay Wright knows how to coach so well has a system in there that works. Has a team that has discipline. Uh, he is not in the Naismith Hall of Fame for nothing. It's and Jay will Jay will disagree with this, but it's all about the coach.
3: Oh yeah, no question. No question. It is no question. It is. Um, I just went back and looked it up in the in the Villanova's last twenty three NCAA tournament games. They're twenty and three. <laughs> wow, and that's gone up against the best teams and the best coaches, yeah he's twenty and three yeah. in his last twenty three n c a a games and you know and you're you're exa- you're exactly right i mean if we if we ha- if we ha if we were having this discussion with jay if he was on if he was on the line with us, he would be saying no 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 it's it's all about the kids and you know and certainly they're doing their part, but you look at this team and you look at the way year after year after year there's a sameness to his teams they all kind of look a lot the same they kind of play the same uh and they all peak the same late in the season uh and that's all about coaching there's no question it's all about coaching and i mean what jay wright has accomplished at villanova for all of these years now um three trips to the final four in six years against the big national powers um i mean it's 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 truly remarkable it, it really is a true truly remarkable and uh you know, I'm just uh, – right. they're, they're, they're such fun to watch, and they're largely a fun to watch with uh, because of the coach, because he runs a clean program, the kids graduate, everybody seems to have fun, and they just – when it gets to March, man, they just win.
2: Absolutely. All right, which brings us to question two, which is the tougher one. Uh, last night, late in the game, Justin Moore, with a, I think less than – yeah, about 40 seconds to go. Villanova's got that four-point lead. Justin Moore dribbles, slips, goes down in a heap. It, it, the speculation is that it's his, his Achilles. Uh, they, they brought him home last night, tested. I haven't heard anything yet today. He's a critical player on a team. As we said, only six men deep. He's the second-leading scorer. So, Ray, finish the sentence without Justin Moore. Nova's chances of beating Kansas or Miami, but probably Kansas next week are
3: um, I'm not going to say, I, I'm not going to rule them out. I'm going to say lessened. Lessened. I'm not going to say that's hopeless. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's it, it's possible, I mean, with the way this tournament has gone, it's possible Miami may, might knock off Kansas. You know, they may wind up playing Miami instead of Kansas. But, um, I mean, there's no, but I'm, I'm also not going to be foolish enough to say, ah, it doesn't matter. No, no, it does. I mean, they're a team that doesn't have much depth. They play largely with six guys. Uh, And now it's going to be on Kaleeb Daniels. I mean, he's just going to have to step in and and take that spot. And uh, they may have to just play Ironman basketball. They may have to play all five guys for 40 minutes. But if that's what it takes, Jay, will have them ready to play. That much I know. And they're not going to go in scared because his teams never do.
2: No, they're not going to go in scared. Yeah. It's... It it will be a darn shame if if we see this has a real impact and a team that's six man deep, you know, becomes five and well, I mean and loses one of their best players and this is what causes them to not win. I, I I think your assessment is right, lessened but not impossible. And I really feel like man, they had a real opportunity.
3: Oh, I to, think so to too. Well, I mean, thing. yesterday when we were doing the show, you said you felt strongly Villanova was going to win. Yeah, um, and I mean, you
2: said I, it's I thought like it was two, five. Curse or something, right?
3: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, fives have always beaten twos. When, yeah. when it's played out that way, that a five plays a two, the fives have always won. Um, but, I, I mean, I was just looking. I mean, that was the history of it and the trend. But I, I was just looking at the matchup. And, you know, that Houston team, they're, they're really good defensively. They really defend the three. And they did again yesterday. Um, but they're really tough off the boards. I mean, they really are a good rebounding team, especially on the offensive glass. And I just thought that they might just be too. Yeah, you know, I just thought they might be too good for Nova. I mean, I I thought I thought I gave Villanova chances I always do, just because of Jay and just because of how well and how disciplined his teams play. But I thought it was going to be a real struggle. And you were very confident that they would they would find a way to win, and they did.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were really they were really good. Well, they weren't really good because again, they shot whatever fifteen for fifty two. They couldn't shoot. Gillespie couldn't shoot, but they just played tough and and. This is something you and I discussed before. They made their foul shots. Yep,
3: 15 for and, 15.
2: And, and that's really impressive. All right, let's switch topics for now. We will get back into Villanova and the NCAA tournament as the day goes on. Certainly take your calls about that, 215-592-9494. We're going to cover a lot of subjects over the course of the next three hours, which moves us to the next one. Ray, the Eagles signing yesterday afternoon, right as we were going off the air, of linebacker Kazir White – in one word is?
3: Uh, one word. Um. Mm. That's a good word. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I, would need, I would need two words. I, I would say...
2: Uh, uh, hyphenate it. Okay. Uh, okay.
3: Hyphenate them. Not surprising. Okay. Because they uh, needed... Predict- they,
2: how about we go with predictable?
3: They needed a linebacker. Yeah, or predictable. Maybe yeah. predictable. Mm-hmm. Um. That's because I, I knew they had to go get a linebacker, and uh, you know Kazeer White is uh, you know it's is pretty good. I mean he played pretty good for the Chargers last year, but he's um, again this is, this is going to fall on Jonathan Gannon. It's, a, a lot of is going to be how you use this guy. I mean he's a he's a two hundred and sixteen pound yeah. linebacker, <laughs> and they said he's a he's a middle
2: linebacker. Yeah. I'm not seeing Jeremiah Trotter in
3: this. No, 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 no. You're, well, let's hopefully, hopefully, but hopefully you're not seeing Kiko Alonso. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh Ray. When they, um, uh. I, I went back and looked up my notes from uh, this this year's game. When the Chargers played the Eagles, um, and they came in, because I, I just want to say, I, did, let me refresh my memory here. Is there, did it really play out the way I kind of remember it playing out? And I went back, and it was. The, char- the way the Chargers played defense, he was the only linebacker on the field. Mm-hmm. They played with five men up, and they played with a, with a nickel and dime secondary. They had one linebacker on the field, and it was this guy, who's really more of a, and this is what he was in college, he was a safety. He was sort of a box-strong safety rather than a a linebacker, and he kind of still is that. So a lot of this falls – he can be fairly effective. I mean, he made 144 tackles last year because he was the only linebacker on the field. He was kind of here, there, and everywhere. Um, But he will only be as effective as his defensive coordinator allows him to be. So, you know, these two defensive acquisitions, both Hassan Redick and this guy – how effective they're going to be or not be largely falls into the X's and O's hands of uh, Jonathan Gannon.
2: Right. And I think Gannon, I was not impressed with Gannon last year, but I also will concede at the same time that I don't think he had a whole ton to work with. And, you know, his caution and conservatism was, I think, partially based on, well, what do you want me to do? So now he uh, they have the opportunity to go get players that he likes that fit his system. And the first two that you mentioned, Reddick and Kazir White, small.
3: Yes. We're gonna have the
2: smallest defense in the NFL. Is that the goal?
3: Um Well, if you draft Jordan Davis, you won't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'll bring up the average ten pounds.
3: Maybe that's maybe that's where this is headed. Maybe that's you know, maybe they're getting these smaller, these more undersized linebackers because they know they're going to go get Jordan Davis in the first round of the draft and he's just going to eat up the line of scrimmage. I don't know. I mean I I look at the Chargers last year, I looked at their defense. Uh yeah, the guy made a ton of tackles, but they were also one of the worst run defenses in the league. I mean, they were 30th in the league. They allowed 4.6 yards per rush against. Uh, And it's largely because teams looked at him and said, we can run at this guy. And it reminds me a little bit, and it sounds like I'm killing the guy and I don't want to, but it reminds me a lot of the signing last year of Eric Wilson, you know, the linebacker they brought in, Mm -hmm. who was somewhat undersized. And you looked at his numbers, hey, he had a lot of tackles and he did a lot of this and he did a lot of that. And then you put him on the field in this defense and he was so bad that they, cut, that they wound up benching them, yeah, and then stuff. cutting him at midseason. Yeah.
2: Well, it's a one-year deal uh, and, and said worth up to $5 million, which I don't know what the escalators are, but, I mean, it could be for significantly lower than that, so it's not a big investment on their part. Uh, and, yeah, like you, I don't want to kill the guy because, to be honest, I mean, when I watched the Chargers, I was m- watching their offense more than their defense, and you're right. Teams did run very well effectively against him. Uh, linebacker is not a position where they have a lot of people. Uh, And a lot of strength. they got T.J. Edwards, who I thought was pretty good last year. He's okay. they got Davian Taylor, who I keep hearing is going to be a great player, but we'll see how that plays out.
3: Yeah, he's he's still raw and can't stay on the field.
2: Right. Sean Bradley, who's a special teams guy. Right. Um... I don't know who else. Well, Reddick, I guess, if you call him a linebacker.
3: If you call him a linebacker, right. Uh,
2: The one thing that is kind of cool, and again, you know, it doesn't mean anything on the field, but I always like to hear it. He is a somewhat local kid. He was born in Plainfield, New Jersey, raised in Pennsylvania, and he tweeted last night, "Um, now I get to throw on that Eagles jersey for the hometown team. It's crazy how life works. Eagles versus Lions in the blizzard was my first NFL game ever which, by the way, that was one of the best Eagles games I ever went to. It's time to go to work. Sink or swim. Fly, Eagles, fly.
3: Well, there you go.
2: All right. Question number four, Ray Didinger. Much is being made of the Phillies' new offense with uh, Bryce Harper now joined by Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, hopefully a bounce-back season from Alec Bohm. hopefully a healthy hitting season from uh, Hoskins. Ray the phillies chance of averaging 5 runs per game is uh 5
3: runs a game yeah
2: i will just tell you this 6 5 runs a game is 810 and last year 6 major league teams got to that
3: yeah yeah
2: uh i would
3: say good really yeah you know i th- no i think they're going to score i think they're going i think they're going to score cuz they know they have to score you know they're not going to win it with their pitching and they're sure as heck not going to win with their gloves. Oh. So I, I, I think they are a team that has has been built with exactly that in mind. They're just going to they're just going to bludgeon they're just going to bludgeon their way through the National League. So if you're thinking in terms of them being in a postseason team, and I think most people are, it's going to be purely on the offense. So yeah, f- five runs a game. Yeah, I think it's achievable. I do.
2: Wow. Okay. I would say slim, but I like your confidence. Howard did part of his show yesterday debating whether this is the best offense in franchise history. Not shockingly, Howard went with 1980.
3: Oh, sure. I would, too.
2: Uh, I would not in terms of offense. The the best offense they ever had was actually 2007 when they scored 892 runs. And boy, that was fun. And, again, we're just looking at offense. We're not looking at Larry Boa as a great glove man. That year, 2007 – Ryan Howard had 136 RBIs. Jimmy Rollins scored 139 runs. Utley had over 100 runs and RBIs. Uh, Pat Burrell had 97 RBIs. Aaron Rowan. Was, I mean, they had every, every position other than other than third base, every position, they, they had tremendous offense. And people don't remember 2007 because that was the year, the first time they made the playoffs, and then they got knocked out quickly by Colorado. Mm-hmm. But... Forty-seven homers, thirty homers, thirty homers, twenty-seven homers, twenty-two homers, and this is before everybody hit home runs. That 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 was the team. But anyway,
3: well, I would I would still I would still argue the eighty team, I, the the team of the late seventies into eighty. I think that's that was a that was a that was a dynamic offensive team. You didn't have an easy out in that lineup.
2: Well, you did not have an easy out on this line.
3: No, that's well. true. That's true, but I mean you're you're just sort of, you are just well, sort of, you're sort of dismissing then. that other team back then. which had, you know, I mean, you had, you know, you had Big McBride, who was a was a great offensive player. You had Maddox who was a really good offensive player. You had Luzinski who was a crusher in left field. You had Rose leading all-time leading hits guy at first base. You had Trio who was a damn good hitter at second. You had Boa, who was a much better hitter than people thought at shortstop, and a good clutch hitter, and you had the best hitter in franchise history a third. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a that was a really good. I'm 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 kind of on Howard's side, and I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I I saw that team play every game, and they were they were a really good offensive team. Yeah.
2: I'll but this team, this. and this team, this team crushed people.
3: This what's that?
2: The the oh eight oh seven oh eight oh nine team crushed people. But whatever, we're we're we're. I use that more as a platform to get to now, and this team. You believe has an opportunity to be that elite team, and maybe that will be enough to carry them through their other weaknesses.
3: Uh, yes, well, that's sort of. I think everybody acknowledges that. You know, I'm sure Joe Girardi is very aware of that. You know, they're not going to win it with their pitching, and they're sure not going to win with their defense. If they're going to yeah. win, they're going to have to win with their bats, and I think yeah. they can. I think they're. I think they're hitting. I think their offense is going to be really good, especially in a year of the DH. I mean, nobody in the National League is better equipped to DH it than they are. <laughs> Yeah,
2: well, that's a double-edged sword now. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Let's uh, sneak in a call here, Jack. Our pal Jack in Santa Barbara is up early today. Hello, Jack.
1: Hey guys, how are you? All right, we're good. Oh, what a what a coaching job that was! That was unbelievable to watch that masterpiece. You know, I I don't know. It might have been his best coaching job ever because they were so physically outmanned. And uh, he played the mental game. I, I, I thought that was brilliant when he when he took Gillespie out of the game, and changed the flow of the game because he was overmatched speed wise. And mm-hmm. you know we don't know if he was hurt or what was going on. But then the kid makes the most key shot in the whole game that turned turned the screws on the, on the victory. I love that.
3: Yeah, he has. No, he has a. Jay has a great feel for this. He has a great feel for his teams. He has a great feel for his players, and he's he's really really good at at knowing exactly when to make the right when to make the move, and um, yeah. and when to give the guy the ball and when to give the ball to the other guy. And you know that that filters down. I mean, that's the, the, his teams are all always a reflection of him. You you never see them make dumb plays in key situations. They always they don't always make the shot, but they always make they always take the right shot. And it's uh, i mean that's the way he drills them, and that's the way he re- he recruits them that way that's the way he coaches them, and that's the way they play
1: yeah they buy, they buy into what he is about, and he makes it be about them he he really does and and he i i think he builds he builds individuals more than basketball players and i I bet after the fact those kids are like. Loyal and go back and visit him, and you know all those sorts of things that you want from a coach. No um, doubt. um um Glenn. What night are you moderating, Tommy and me?
2: Uh, Ray, the Saturday, uh, sat- Saturday,
3: Saturday, August the ninth. You're doing. 9. You're doing the eight eight p.m. performance.
1: April, yeah, Saturday, a- April the 9th. A- April the ninth. Yes. So I will see you both on. Really, the- you're
2: coming into
3: town. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Look yeah, forward to it. The... Thank
2: you. All right. We'll yeah. see you there. Ray, explain. Tell people, let's do a little uh, Tommy and Me uh, spot here.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, my play Tommy and Me uh, is coming back, and I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled to death about it, uh, that, that it's coming back again, and it's coming back to the Bucks County Playhouse, where we've never been before, but it's a great theater if anybody's if you If you've never been there, you really should. It's a beautiful theater up in New Hope, right on the Delaware River, great, great place, uh, and uh, we're going to be there opening uh, on Thursday night, April the 7th, and we're going to have 10 performances going through Easter Sunday, April the 17th, uh, and we're going to do it the same way we've always done it, which is we're going to have the play, and then after the play is over, we'll have uh, what they call a talk back, which is a, a Q&A with the audience where you get your chance to talk to the director, talk to me, talk to the actors, and our guest moderators, and as you just said, you are going to be uh, moderating the Q and A on Saturday, the 9th, the eight PM show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but among a couple of the other moderators, we have uh, uh, well, opening night on April the seventh uh, is the great Harold Carmichael. Nice is going to be there, uh, and then uh, Mike Sealski will be there on Friday night. Good Bucks County boy. Um, you will be there. Um, you will be there on Saturday night, uh, mm-hmm. Val uh, Valerie Knight. Uh, the the WGL uh, morning hostess is going to do Saturday afternoon, and jo- the, w- the one I'm really looking forward to is uh, is Joe Con- or Herb McGee's coming the following Thursday. Nice. Um, Joe Conklin is going to do it on Friday, uh, the 15th. Oh, uh, hey, that'll and,
2: be a free free extra bonus performance.
3: Um, I'm sure it will. And closing the run on Easter Sunday, uh, the two o'clock show will be our good friend Lou Tilly. Nice,
2: very nice. So well, yeah, I'm so if you want your t-
3: so if anybody wants tickets, and tickets are selling pretty well. Uh, so don't wait too long. If you if you want a ticket, go online. Go to the uh, Bucks County Playhouse website, and you'll see a photograph of Tommy McDonald. Just click on that; it'll take you right to the right to the box office.
2: Can't wait! Good stuff. 215-592-9494 Coming up. By the way, let me uh, give people some some part of the show coming up at eleven. Uh, we're going to be joined by Tom McCarthy. Of course, you know Tom is the broadcaster, TV broadcaster for the Phils. Tom also has been doing NCAA coverage, including that great game Friday night with the Saint Peter's Peacocks. So we're going to talk to him about <laughs> that. You and I have our Oscar preview coming up at eleven twenty-five, right? And at noon, Jeff McLean, the Philadelphia Inquirer's fine beat writer, Philadelphia Eagles beat writer, is going to join us, talk about what's going on with that franchise, and preview the upcoming owners meetings, NFL owners meetings that take place this week. 215 592 9494. He's Ray Didinger. I'm Glenn Macnow on 94WIP.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.